This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hi, this is George Stevens, Jr. You're listening to TV Confidential with Ed Robertson, who's a, such a great interviewer. <laughs> well, I, I thank you very much. <laughs> we came here to invite you to the premiere of Jack and the Beanstalk. What's that? <laughs> that is a motion picture that Abbott and I made for the children. Oh, yes. And it's a lovely picture. Oh, yes. We'd like to have you there tomorrow at Warner's. Thank you. And we would like to have you appear there if you don't mind. This is a wonderful story of Jack and the Beanstalk. So what, what's it all about? Hey, tell them a little. What's it all about? Jack and the tell Beanstalk. Tell them a story. I played a part of Jack. How did you get the name of Jack? How did I get the name of Jack? Yeah. I got the name of Jack when my father and mother was changing the tire. Ed Roberts with a reminder that Shelley Clark will join us later on in the hour. Shelley Clark, one of the founding members of Honeycomb, the legendary R&B and soul girl group from the late 60s and early 1970s. We hope you stay tuned for that. In the meantime, Greg Airbar is with us along with our guest, Nick Santa Maria. Nick is the co-author, along with Matthew Conium, of the annotated Abbott and Costello, a complete viewer's guide to the comedy team and their 38 films that includes new research into the lives and careers of Bud Abbott and Lou Costello, while also dispelling some of the myths that are perpetuated about the beloved comedy team. The annotated Abbott and Costello, available wherever books are sold from our friends at McFarland and Company. You can also find it online, McFarlandPub.com, as well as Amazon.com. Before we went to break... Nick and Greg and I were talking about one such myth, the myth that Abbott and Costello did not always get along, and a myth that can easily be disproven by watching the outtakes of their films, which are available on Blu-ray or other platforms. And as far as, uh, like I say, they're arguing in the outtakes, there's uh, two scenes in um, It Ain't Hay, in the outtakes to It Ain't Hay, that the hair on, on the back of my neck rises up. It's very uncomfortable. Lou is not in a good mood. He's not treating Bud very well. Uh, Bud looks a little confused, a little pathetic, actually, because he's he's trying to keep a brave face, even though Lou just kind of humiliated him in front of the whole cast. Um, it's it's rough to watch, but it's really only those two instances in all of the outtakes we see. And to tell you know, for people who maybe aren't aware of what an outtake is, you're seeing what they didn't use in the films. So at the end of the take, they become themselves again, the real people, you know, and that's where you get your clues as to what's going on. If you're, you know, if you can 
if you're able to do that. Another example that you point out, and I don't remember whether this is in your intro or whether this is in the Lou and Me essay you write in the annotated Abin Costello, uh, Nick, but you, you mention a moment in one of the Colgate comedy hours that they did, which is live, and mm-hmm. the payoff for this particular sketch was um, apples were supposed to fall from the sky and land on Lou, and this being live, there was a technical difficulty, and the props fell before they should, and it threw off Lou's timing, and he never quite recovered from it. Uh, which is rare, you know. You 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 figure you you've been doing this long enough. They were doing this, you know, 25 years at this point. You would think it's easy to just wash that off, but mm-hmm. even even a seasoned professional such as Lou Costello, he didn't have enough time to wash away the sting of that. He had to exactly. Yeah. And you know what? You're talking about someone who cared a lot. Yeah. He cared a lot, and it didn't work, and he cared. You saw it in his face. This is an interesting thing you brought up because this is the Charles Lawton episode of the Colgate Comedy Hour. Um, Lou is especially playful through this entire uh, show. Uh, I actually wrote about this before I actually knew what exactly happened. I had to go back and watch it again and then again, and then I got the real story. So here's what it is. Lou was completely playful that night, meaning that he didn't listen to anybody. He played to the cameraman. He threw things at the audience. He was just goofy. He was completely goofy. So we get to the final scene of the show, and the payoff is uh, he gets up and he shakes a tree that isn't there, and all these apples fall on him, and that's the payoff, the big punchline. Well, uh, the apples, uh, this is what I wrote initially, the apples fell on the wrong place at the wrong time and lou was angry you see it it's live tv and when they're taking their bow he can't he can't make eye contact with bud he's he's you can see he's flummoxed he's he's a little thrown uh he looks aggravated uh but the truth of the matter is uh i wrote that oh somebody probably got fired that night wrong it was all lou's fault i wrote i wrote about it in the um in the back of the book in the notes he was fooling around too much. The gag was ruined because he fooled around just at the queue. He was doing something else, and he knew it, and he felt terrible. And you see it. You see it in the poor man's face as he apologizes to the audience. It's, it's really something. The live shows, I'll take them over, over those film shows any day. It's a, it's a side of Lou Costello that Nick and uh, Matthew Coney and bring to life although Nick particularly brings to life in this, in, in this particular example, uh, in the annotated Abin and Costello Complete Viewer's Guide to the Comedy Team and their 38 films available wherever books are sold, McFarland Pub, as well as Amazon.com. I'll throw it to Greg in just a second, but first, I've been dying to ask you, over your shoulder, there appears to be what looks like a small banjo. Is that a banjo? That is a banjo lele. What's a banjo lele? It's, oh, is, is, uh, is a ukulele that's a banjo? It's it's a banjo that is tuned like a ukulele. Oh, really? So, it's, yeah, they call them, uh, you know, New Orleans banjos only have four strings. Uh-huh. Uh, so this is this is kind of like a small New Orleans banjo. I want to grab it for you, but it's kind of far. Hold on one second. Here it is. It's a Nick, little... Nick is holding a banjo lele to the microphone. 
let's see if it's tuned. Let's see if it's in tune. Okay. Hang on. This is what George Formby used to play. Oh. A banjo lele. Um. Oh. Uh. Da 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 da. That's it. Count, yeah. count your blessings and smile. I actually recorded that yes. one with this. It's it's actually out of tune. I'd have to tune it, and that's that's annoying to listen to. On average, how long does it take to tune a an instrument? You know, it, or does it depend on the instrument and when you last used it? It, it depends. Yeah, it depends. Um, I have two other ukuleles in there that are normal uh, ukuleles, and that to me they're much more easy to tune. Uh, the banjo has a certain sound; it's like a ringing sound, and it's it's not a, not always easy to hear. So anyway, that's what it is. Anyway, that's that's it's not in tune, so I won't play anything. Well, I <laughs> I, I I lack the ear of a musician, so I wouldn't be able to hear it even if it was in tune. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> Then it, it wasn't true. In fact, it sounded great. It sounded fantastic. It, sounded, it sounded fabulous. Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Greg, you mentioned some of the, one, one of the fun things about watching the Abbott and Costello movies and reading uh, the annotated Abbott and Costello as you watch the Abbott and Costello movies is recognizing all the familiar faces from movies and television who, who, who perform with Abbott and Costello, uh, one of which is Charles Lane, who, you know, if, if, you, if you grew up watching the old Screen Gems comedies from the 60s, Charles Lane, nine times out of ten, he was Darren's client on Bewitched. He, was, he, 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 looked, to- he, looked, he looked totally constipated, you know. I mean, that, 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 was, the, that, was, that was the character, that was the one-note character he played. He was professional. He was also on Petticoat Junction. Um, but his, his, his job was to be the guy who didn't smile. And 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 in that and in that respect, in that respect, I suppose he he, he had a Bud Abbott like quality to his performance because the fact that Charles Lane never smiled it made Edgar Buchanan funny, it made whoever he was playing against funny. But Charles Lane worked with Abbott and Costello many times, as did Shemp Howard. And that's a good point, Ed. Earlier, Nick was saying that how the various strengths that each of the two partners, Abbott and Costello, had. Uh, Bud Abbott worked with many comedians, and even after uh, we lost uh, Costello, he worked with other comedians. And he was, he, especially in a movie like Time of Their Lives, he's a, he plays two roles really convincingly. Or is that the one? Yeah, that he plays two ancestors, and then he plays twins in Little Giant. I believe right. he plays two roles. Yeah, and he does it very convincingly. He was a very good character actor, so you would have seen him in, in a lot of things. But uh, what I found interesting, and correct correct me if I'm wrong, you, re- you rarely, if ever, would see Bud in a comedy duo with another actor in these films, but you frequently saw Lou doing, a, doing wonderful things uh, and sometimes their famous routines 
with other people. Or you would see them become a trio, as they did with Charles Lawton, as they so wonderfully did with Martha Ray, who played mm-hmm. twins. I mean, who played twins. Yeah. That was one, one of my favorite is the turkey sandwich sketch. Oh. I don't care for it. Um, <laughs> you know, and having Martha Ray add that that extra spice to it, it's a masterpiece. But uh, am I correct in saying that Lou could work, do those routines with a lot of people in the films, but Bud did not? Well, again, this goes back to what I said earlier about Lou being a star comic and Bud being a great support. Uh, you don't turn to the support to play with the other stars, you know what I mean, to, do, to work alone with them. I do... I point out one scene in in the Navy, which is one of my favorites, but he walks up to it it stands out to me because it's so different. It's so atypical. He walks up to Dick Powell, who's the leading man, and says, hey, you want to go on to shore tonight? You know, we'll go go pick up a couple of girls. We'll dance, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's like, wait a minute. What about Lou? Where's Lou? (laughs) Bud just seldom does anything that isn't Lou. That isn't about Lou. That's because he's the straight man. That's because he's the spotlight. People just don't seem to understand that. I I don't get it. But Lou, at one point, asked for and got 60% of the salary, the film salary. Uh, And I always agreed with him. I always thought that that was a very, very uh, fair uh, deal. Stan Laurel got more money than Oliver Hardy. Why? Because he worked harder. You know who worked harder in the team of Abbott and Costello? Lou Costello. He practically killed himself. And Bud would, you know, um, I'm going out to find you a job. <laughs> and he'd walk away for 10 minutes. And Lou would do a scene with Sid Fields or, or with Martha Ray or with Joan Davis, whatever. It was built that way. And Lou was built that way. He was a star comedian. That's that's really all, all it is. He, he was a star comedian. Uh, he also, it's funny, when you're watching like the Abbott and Costello TV show, and Bud makes one of his excuses to walk away before, like before they do seven times uh, thirteen is twenty-eight. Um, Bud hands him the chalk and says, "Here, why don't you get the landlord to da 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 da? I'm going to go smoke a cigarette and have a few drinks and blah blah blah." You know what I mean? It's like sorry, but that was it was a very fair split. Lou worked more days, more hours, did more physical work. Sorry, I just thought it was very fair. Uh, well, in some cases, Lou actually put up the money to produce the film. I think. Well, so did Bud. Okay, I stand corrected. And I, I think in the case of the television show, Lou produced that. So he. Uh, that, that was Lou's baby. Okay. Bud worked for him. So you know, again, it was it was Lou's thing. He actually put the show together not just for the remuneration, but he wanted to kind of like own the routines. Yeah. And by putting them in this TV show with under his ownership, he would have a, a case for that. So I don't know. And I don't know what was public domain in, in uh, Burlesque because these routines were five times older than they were, you know. And uh, were they copyrighted? I don't know. I know that um, uh, Joey, Joey, not Foreman. Faye. Uh, Faye. Faye. Joey Faye. Joey Faye claimed to have written Susquehanna Hats, you know, that great burlesque routine that Abbott and Costello do in in the society um, he claimed to write that and he sued Universal and Abbott and Costello for using that routine without his permission and he they settled with him they actually settled with him which gives that credence you know I also have Joey Faye's 
book of uh, not only his what he's written as far as an autobiography, but all the sketches he did, and it's like this thick. <laughs> yeah, on a binder. It's amazing. Nick, 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 amazing. Nick is doing air fingers about two inches. Uh, oh, it's more like it's more like three or four inches. Uh, I'm sorry. Okay, j- just to give you a picture of uh, jo- Joey Faye. He mm-hmm. he was another one of those character actors. He did a lot of television. If I remember correctly, he was slightly built and he was bald, and he looked he looked like he was 80 years old, even though he was probably like 50 or 60. Is that the guy I'm thinking of, or am I thinking of somebody he was, else? He was chubby. He was short and oh, chubby. Like okay, the... then I'm, I'm thinking of somebody else now. Yes, and now that I think of it, I was thinking of Herbie Faye, not Joey Faye, but uh, you have some more information about Joey Faye, Nick. Do you remember Mac and Meyer for hire? Uh, I know. Be too young for that. I know. It's, it, it appears somewhere in the annotated um, Abbott and Costello. There's a reference. Yeah, yeah. There's a it's, reference. Uh, it's a, when we talk about Joey Fay, it's one of my earliest television television watching experiences, and I'm sure Greg, you must remember Mac and Meyer. Actually, I'll be honest, I don't. Wow, you should go on YouTube and put in Mac and Meyer, and you'll get Joey Fay and Mickey Deems as a comedy team, a classic comedy Biffle and Schuster type of comedy team, and they did these cartoon length shorts in black and white shot almost in my neighborhood on long island and they showed them all the time along with a day with doodles with doodle doodles weaver Weaver. it was around that time but anyway that's getting off the subject doodles weaver is another familiar face who has worked with abbott and cost who worked with abbott and costello Mm -hmm. yeah doodles oh my god i was just watching him on uh on youtube he shows up on you bet your life with groucho and it's it's very touching because he says that he hadn't worked in three years and Groucho gives him the microphone and lets him go. And he, he does like 10 minutes. Wow. Isn't that great? That's so generous. And he's funny. Oh my God. He's funny. It, it's also a pleasure to see, uh, see him play, see them playing, uh, and especially Lou playing like, with somebody of the caliber of John Davis or Mary Wood. You know, partnering them. Yes. What, a, what pleasure it is to to see. You know, it's like oh, if only. You know, well, Lucio Ball wasn't doing that kind of thing back then, but it's it's the equivalent of that because Joe Davis was a big comedy star. She really yeah. was a American comedy when the, before the television shows said she was. No, absolutely. On, on radio and in films. I always preferred Martha Ray that much more. I'm holding out two inches. <laughs> my yes. Uh, I always well, preferred Martha Ray uh, because of she was just much more versatile as far as I'm concerned. She was also on the Bugaloos, and so I would prefer her too. She was on the Bugaloos. That's right. Uh, that's true. That's right. She, yeah. That's true. I, I don't know much about her sex life, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> movie which we've talked about extensively yes, yeah no, she, right, right she she has she has she has a, a, a was it stop the world um or, or oh as in in, in puffin puffin stuff she has a solo number is it, is it stop the world or shock the world yeah zap the world zap the world that would make there's... sense because she was a head witch mm-hmm. That's yeah right. that would yeah. make sense Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, no, she's also in Pippin, uh, the video yeah. of Pippin. And she does yeah. that wonderful song, Ooh, it's time to start living. Irene Ryan was the original oh. uh, mm-hmm. in that role. And she passed away 
right after that song. Oh. They took her off stage and she passed away. Wow. Uh, <laughs> speaking of which. Yeah, so Lou, Lou did the heavy work. And when you watch the comedy shows, when you watch the Colgate comedy shows, you watch a man killing himself for our amusement. Honest to God, he sweats like crazy. Those lights were the, the hottest lights in the world was early television. And he's getting thrown around. He's getting beaten up, thrown through walls. You name it, he does it. There's one scene where he does um, Niagara Falls, Slowly I Turn, with Errol Flynn. believe it or not (laughs) and errol flynn is such a brat first of all he doesn't know his lines but secondly as he's exiting he's wearing these really authentic cowboy boots with a really big heel he steps on lou's shin bone as hard as he could and walks over him and you see lou go (sighs) he winces and I'm just thinking, my God, what a jerk. <laughs> that must have hurt like hell. And Lou was, he just, he took it. He just took it. He was he who gets slapped. Nick Santa Maria is the co-author, along with Matthew Conium, of the annotated Abbott and Costello, complete viewer's guide to the comedy team and their 38 films. Greg Garibar is with us. We hope you'll stay with us. We continue our conversation about Abbott and Costello here on TV Confidential. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential, x.com forward slash tvconfidential, or at TV Confidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.